Thanks, Southern Park. Oh, man, I feel so loved. Even though Pastor Scott made you do that, I still feel loved. So good to see Summit Park. Shout out to the South Campus and the Summit Park family who are watching online literally from all over the world. So cool that you stay dialed into what God's doing here at Summit Park. And then right here on site in this, on this campus. And you guys just look fantastic today. You really do. South Campus, I have no idea what you look like. I don't know. This is a go. Are you okay with who you're seated next to? Come on, just tell the person next to you, say, I'm so glad you came to church today. I'm so glad you came to church. Tell the other person on the other side, say, you look like you need some church. You look like you need a good dose of church. Ah, Casey, my wife and I love coming to Summit Park Church because we feel like part of the family. Is that okay? Can you call us family? Would you allow us to be a part of the family? We love coming here. We love Pastor Scott and Jen Obrimsky. And and, uh, really, as I was talking with Johnny T., John Torgerson, on the way in this morning, we were talking about how it seems like every time we come, it's a unique season at, at Summit Park Church. And it's true because there are so many unique seasons along the way since the birth of this church. God has just taken you from one place to a new place, to a different place, to a stronger place, to a higher place. And, and yet, here we are once again, you know, coming back, I'm like, this is a unique season for Summit Park Church. I mean, the last day here at this facility. Anybody excited about your new facility? Oh, my word. Oh, my goodness. Like, last night, Pastor Scott took us on a tour and just walking through the place, and I'm just, like, so blown away. It's such a cool spot. And, and, and he's right. The church is not a, a building or a program or organization or anything like that. I mean, it, it is a people, but how cool when God blesses his people with a wonderful tool, just a cool place, a place that's been set apart for his work, and that's what that place is, man. It is set apart, and it's just done right. And, and Scott's like, there's more we got to do. We're getting around. I'm like, no, we can have church right now. Like right now, this place is fired up and ready to go. You don't need a roof. Don't even need a roof. I didn't know that, actually. I thought, man, y'all going to need a roof. He said, we don't need a roof. So that was an education for me, but <laughs> praise the Lord. And, you know, I think about this as God is moving at Summit Church. Pastor Scott says over and over, I know the staff would say, this is not the result of a, a person or a leader or a staff. What's happening here at this church is truly just the work of God. Like, this is a God thing that is happening and yet, it's just been my observation that when God does what he does, he chooses to do it through people. Like, you do realize that God did not, he did not create you because he needed you, right? You do realize that he was totally on track, doing an awesome job, being God, completely without you. I don't know how, but he was doing it without you. He didn't create you because he needed you. He created you because he wanted you, and the way he has set this thing up is that he builds his church, he does his kingdom work, and he chooses to do it through his people. And, and when I think about how God is doing that here at Summit Park Church, through Pastor Scott and Jen and their leadership, like it's one of those things to where I love and respect him just as a friend. I mean, we've been buddies for a long, long time, but beyond that, from a leadership vantage point, I just look at how gifted he is how skilled he is as a leader, how God has placed just those talents and the abilities, the, the leadership mind 
the ability just to cast vision and to execute strategy and like care. Like he's gifted, but not just what God has placed in him, but the way he and Jen steward that with humility and yet a God boldness with a faith that is just relentless. Like, I mean, who the week of Easter is going, we don't need a roof. We're just going to go. I'm like, man, he, he, that brother's ready for Easter. I mean, he is just ready. Do you love your pastor? Come on. Do you love Pastor Scott and Jan? Come on, let's make some noise for them. Would you honor their leadership today? Let them know that you appreciate them. We love you, Pastor Scott. You're doing an awesome, awesome job. Leading strong, leading well. Leading courageously. Thanks for your leadership. So, so good. Well, I know that uh, there's been this series going on on miracles, and it's been fun just to hear just a few of the stories and the testimonies of, of how God is moving miraculously, which makes sense because he is the God of the miraculous. He's a supernatural God. Can you say amen to that? He's a super, so there, there's like nothing natural for him because as soon as he shows up, it's super. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever the natural is that's going on, he just is a supernatural God who works in supernatural ways. So it's just consistent with his nature and his character that his people should be a part of miracles. It's not that we chase them or desire them for the sake of sensationalism, but instead God just seems to really enjoy moving in ways through his people that you have to step back and say, God, that was the only way that happened, God. He, he just sets things up like that. And so even in this series, we have seen God moving miraculously. And so hearing stories of physical healings, emotional or mental healings, and, and, and it's amazing because those kinds of answered prayers, those kinds of miracles are life-altering in so many ways. And, and today, I want to talk to you on this thought of the greatest miracle you could ever imagine. As a matter of fact, if, if you want a title for today, I would call it the greatest miracle ever. The greatest miracle ever. And, and I want to take you to a really cool story in Luke chapter 23 to really just break down what I'm talking about on the greatest miracle ever because I, I would say it this way. The greatest miracle you or I could ever experience or witness or be a part of is, is when you see or experience a life stained with sin get washed clean and made white as snow. It's the, it's the, the miracle of salvation or the salvation of a soul, the transformation. How many of you are thankful that you used to be away from God, but now you're with God? You once, you were lost, but now you're found. You were headed the wrong direction. But come on, anybody glad that God rescued you and that you've got a story of a miracle? I mean, everybody's story is miraculous when you come to know Jesus. But let's just be real. Some of y'all were gangster. I mean, let's just be real. The fact that he saved you, you're like, there is a God. I mean, because you know you. You know what you were a part of. You know how you still continue to grow, and, and yet God is so strong. He's such a supernatural God. He meets you where you are, and he takes you on a journey. And I would say that that kind of transformation of the heart is the greatest miracle ever. I mean, I... I even personally have been a part of or experienced times when there were physical healings, but they all have their limitations because we're still on earth. We're still living in a broken world. 
So isn't it kind of an interesting thought to where when you pray for a miracle over here and God answers and, and he does that, it's like it is so wonderful. And like two minutes later, you find yourself needing another miracle in your life. One time I was praying and I was at home and I was worshiping and I've got a, a, a back injury going on. And so I'm just praying, oh, God, I love you. I just felt Jesus just enter the room. Like, I just, as, like as I was worshiping, I just felt like, oh, my goodness, I just feel God's presence here right now. And I thought, he's healing my back. Like, this is incredible. Like, right now, my back is getting healed. And I got so excited. I jumped up and down. And when I did, I was like, oh, oh, it hurt so bad, y'all. And so I didn't know in that moment if, like, maybe he did heal me. But when I got excited to jump, pulled a muscle. I didn't know. I just thought, isn't this ironic about healing? Like, we don't understand it. We don't fully get it. We can't comprehend it. But it's just a reminder to me that you could be excited about God taking away your migraine, and you could be so excited about that that you turn around to go and tell somebody, bump your head and need stitches. It's just because we live in a sin-cursed world. There's brokenness. There's pain. But when it comes to the greatest miracle ever, the healing of a heart, the saving of a soul, we're talking about something that is so deep, so transformative, so lasting. We're talking about the ultimate because we're going to be forever in heaven, in God's presence with no more sickness, no more pain, no more heartache, no more disease, no more brokenness, no more migraines, no more cancer, no more COVID, no more COVID, no more COVID, no more COVID, no more COVID. Come on. Are you thankful and looking forward to heaven? I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait. And the only way I get from here to there is by the miracle of a transformed heart. And today, what I'd like to talk to you for just a few minutes about is the fact that we know that should Jesus tarry between now and this weekend, we're going to be having Easter celebration, which is awesome. But would you be okay if he came back before Easter? Would that be all right? Like, I'd be down with that. We just have Easter in heaven. I mean, it'd be great. But if he tarries, if he doesn't come back before this weekend, man, Easter celebration in the new facility is going to be amazing. And yet before we get to that moment of celebrating the empty tomb, I just wanted to stop off here in Luke chapter 23 and just stop by the old rugged cross for a minute. Like before we get to that empty tomb, let's stop by this, this cruel picture. It, I mean, it, it is what most all of us are familiar with when we think of Jesus giving his life and and dying on the cross and and yet there's a miracle that happens here in this moment that is inspiring in the sense that God not only wants to do miracles not only is he a miracle working God but he invites you and me to be a part of the miracle working process like this is really crazy to me because if you were to say, Scotty, would you like to sign up for God's going to be doing crazy miracles. He's going to heal somebody's blinded eyes. He's going to pray for somebody, you know, who's in a wheelchair. And they're going to get up and walk. Like, Scotty, do you want to be a part of it? I'd be like, yes. Oh, my word. This is incredible. And yet when I think about that and couple it with the thought for today, the greatest miracle ever. It's like, what if for the greatest miracle ever God allowed you to be a part of the process? And I'm like, Yes. How cool to think that God could use somebody even like you. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, even like you. Come on, tell him, even like you. God can use somebody even like that person seated next to you right now. Seems unimaginable. Seems unthinkable. How could it ever? God can use even you and me. 
to be a part of the greatest kind of miracle ever. And we see just from Jesus on the cross the supernatural nature of this mission, this assignment. Let me just read the passage to you, then we'll break it down. Luke chapter 23, verse 39. If you're ready, say, "Uh uh-huh. Come on, if you mean to say, oh, yeah. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Here we go. Luke chapter 23 and verse 39, it says, one of the criminals, one of the criminals. Somebody say one of them. One of the criminals. So we know that Jesus gave his life on the cross, and so if you're familiar with the Bible story and, and know a little bit about this, this, this scene, you know that on either side of Jesus, there, there's a thief on either side, these, these two criminals being executed for their life of crime. Jesus, uh, really, no one took his life. He willingly gave it, but the reason he's on the cross was to pay for your sin debt and mine. He had done nothing wrong, but he took your place and mine. But on either side of him, you have these criminals. And so verse 39 says, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Are you kidding me? Can you believe? the? the, the, Can you imagine what gall it would take? What audacity it would take? That here you are dying for your life of sin, your life of crime. You're a criminal. You're being executed. And in your final few breaths, as you're dying, you muster up the strength to curse, to hurl insults at love personified. The greatest, purest, most beautiful demonstration of love ever. And here you are, and you're like, as I go out, any last words? Yeah, let me take a few cheap shots. Let me just be disrespectful, dishonoring to the greatest demonstration of love ever. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? It's crazy. But something equally as mind-boggling, just in a different kind of a way, when you continue to read, it says in verse 40, but... The other criminal. Somebody say the other criminal. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you're under the same sentence, we're punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Check this out. This is crazy. Verse 42. Says, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is crazy to me because I'm just imagining this guy over on this side, the other criminal, and his life of rebellion against God, his rejection of of the commands of the Lord, the ways of the Lord, no time for God. And in his final minutes, he's just going to try and slip into heaven. You see what I mean? He's kind of like, you know, come to think of it. Hey, when it all works out for you, could you keep me in mind? Could you remember a brother? Could you hook me up? I mean, I'm like, man, the audacity that you would have except for, he's like, what do I have to lose? But what blows me away even more is how Jesus responds. Because he says, I'll remember you. Now, can we all just acknowledge right now this is a good thing that Jesus was Jesus and not Scotty being Jesus? Come on, because I'll just be, I mean, some of y'all, I just send you straight to hell. You tick me off. I mean, I'll just be like, yeah, you burning, man. You burning. I just, I, I just got a little bit of that in me. But that Jesus, he's looking, I would think a little bit like, remember you? Oh, I'll remember you. I'll remember you, but he doesn't. And his response reminds me of my responsibility. 
So just three quick things I'm going to pull out of this passage. I hope that it encourages you, but as it relates to you and I partnering with God to be a part of the miraculous. Number one, remember why you are still here. Remember why you're still here. You want to be a part of a miracle? You want to be a part of the greatest miracle you could ever imagine? Don't forget, remember why you're still here. Luke chapter 23, verse 42, that other criminal, he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. He's like, I know that it's about to be over here, but I'm, I'm starting to put my faith in I believe that you are who you say that you are. I believe that, that you're about to have it made, like you're, you're leaving this and entering into. So whenever you do that, don't forget me. This miracle moment could have easily been missed if Jesus had in that moment been so focused on himself. Rightly so. I mean, you get a little hungry. You get all demon-like. You know, let's just be honest. You get a little sleepy. Some of you are like, Jesus who? I just lost my salvation. You know, I'm tired. I'm grumpy. I mean, somebody gets on your nerves or something like that. Like, I can just get so self-absorbed having a bad day. That, or, or, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get very practical, very, very real. Sitting in a restaurant, they don't come to my table quite as fast as I needed them to. And so you know what I'm thinking? Hey, they might be having a hard day. They might need Jesus. That's not what I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking? I'm like, man, it's been four minutes. I'm sitting right here hungry. I'm sitting here hungry. You know, drinks a little low. I need, I need some more water. Hey, where is he? Where, here I am. I can just get, I'm, I'm, some of y'all are like, and Pastor Scott, you let him come and preach? Just pray for him. Listen, I'm just saying out loud what you do all the time, okay? So don't look at me and judge me like that. But we just, that's just how we are. It's about me. And he's saying, Jesus, don't forget me. And Jesus says, oh, I remember because that's what I'm all about. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, Jesus in his own words, he said, here's my whole point and purpose for why I'm on earth, for why I'm here. It's for the Son of Man came. Why did I come? To seek and to save the lost. Why are you and I still here? Like, if you gave your life to Jesus, I know that there are some, you're visiting, you're checking out, you haven't made that decision yet. Hopefully today is the greatest miracle of your life, that you allowed that to happen. For everybody who said yes to Jesus, why are we still here? To not forget, but to remember that there are those who are still needing to hear about God's love. One day I was in a meeting at my office, and having a meeting with this dude, and, and uh, my, my family doesn't typically call or text in the middle of the work day unless they need something, so whenever they do, I try and take the call, and so one of my daughters was calling, I was like, man, I'm sorry, bro, I need just a second, here's my daughter calling, so I answered the phone, and it's Kelly Grace, and so I'm like, uh, what's up, Kelly Grace, and she said, dad, Angel's at home by herself, and she's scared, and uh, she, she doesn't know what to do. She wants to talk to you. So I'm like, hey, tell her everything's fine. I'm sure everything's going Well, she thinks that there's, there's somebody at the house. And so I'm like, well, it could be somebody, you know, treating the yard, or it could be the exterminator or something. You know, just tell her everything's fine. And so she's like, okay. So a few minutes later, she calls back again. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. Excuse me for just a moment. So I step up. I'm like, yeah, what is it? And she said, well, I've got Angel on the phone here. So it's a three-way call. So Kelly Grace wasn't home. Angel was home alone. And so she's got on the phone. I was like, okay, sweetheart, what is it? And Angel's like, Dad, I'm scared, and, and I'm in the closet. I'm like, okay, you're in the closet? She's like, yes, sir, I'm in the closet. And she said, because there's somebody inside the house 
Well, I just freaked out. I didn't even say anything to the guy. All he saw, he just, he just saw me leave. Like, I just left. I went outside. I got in my car, and I just took off. And I'm on the phone with her trying to act all cool. You know, oh, well, listen, everything's fine. Like, everything is all right. Going 98 miles an hour is what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, I was just driving. I don't know if I... I don't know if I stopped at any stop signs. I don't remember stopping at any stop signs. And, and I literally had, had somebody ask me, like, dude, you could have so gotten pulled over by the cops. Well, I'd be like, they had to catch me. <laughs> they would have had to catch me. <laughs> but I was going to get to that house. And so as I was driving, she's literally giving me a play-by-play. And so she's, she's literally, she said, Dad, I heard a door close. And she said, and now I hear them opening and closing cabinets and doors. And I'm like, hey, hey listen, I'm, you know what? Daddy's almost there. I'm going to check it out. It's all right. Daddy just passed Cracker Barrel. So you know where that is, right? I'm passing Cracker Barrel really fast, and I'm getting there. And then she's crying. She says, Dad, I hear them walking, and they're getting closer to me. I hear people talking. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. Oh, God. It's okay. Everything's okay. You know, and I'm just going. I tell Kelly Grace, who's still on the call, you know, listening to the whole thing. I'm like, hey, could you just go ahead and call somebody who can get there a lot faster than I can, trying to talk in code, you know. Could you just get them there? Just go ahead and call them. So she calls the police. I want you guys to know, I came from like 23 minutes late, still got, uh, 23 minutes away, still got there right when the police did. Come on, what's up? That's what I was doing. You're like, can we applaud someone speeding that recklessly? Can we, can we do that? And, uh, as she was talking to him, okay, so did she, what happened? Okay, she, everything's okay. So, okay, I got to give you the quick explanation. We think that there was a window open which caused an initial door to slam closed. She gets in the closet. She's quiet, but you know how when your senses are heightened, now she's hearing everything like the, 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 the suction, you know, through the house just where the, da- the door's now rattling. Now it's another door, another part. Oh, it's moving around. Okay, I hear it. And then she heard people talking because the window was open and the people in the yard next door to us were out working in the yard. So... You could hear people talking. So that is my investigative genius pulling it all together and figuring out what I assume happened. But what we do know is the boogie bear did not get her, so she's alive and everything is okay. But in that moment, the father's heart. How many of you know when she was giving me a play-by-play, like, Dad, you got to I wasn't going, well, sweetheart, I don't know. I don't know. Daddy's got a lot going on today. Dad, would you just come? Oh, so sorry. I I was on my way. Totally lost track. Lost my focus. How many of you guys know that is not what was going on? You could have stopped and talked to me about what do you think about the weather? Who cares about the weather? You could have said, what do you think about sport? Who cares about sport? What do you think about politics? Who cares about politics? Why? I'm on a mission. The Father's heart is on a mission. I was not forgetting. I was focused. But then there are times and when it comes to being a part of the greatest miracle ever and knowing that there are people who are around me going, don't forget me. And I just be honest, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get so caught up in everything else that's going on and I I lose the priority of remembering why I'm still here. Some in part remember why you exist What's happened up to this point has been amazing, but the reason we're still here is because there are still people who need to hear. Remember why your heart is still beating. Remember why 
you're moving into a new building. Remember why you're needing more space. Remember why God put you in the neighborhood you're in where you live. Remember why he gave you the job he gave you. Remember why you're at the school, on the team, on, in the band, in the choir. Remember, God placed you there because there are people that he's saying, don't forget, they need hope. Let me give you a second thing is this, is think long term. Not only remember why you're still here, but think long term. Luke chapter 23 and verse 34, Jesus answered him, truly, somebody say truly, Truly, I tell you today, somebody say today, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus knew that just like himself, this thief was down to his final few moments on earth. But he looked past the moment and he looked into eternity. And so he said, right here and right now, today, I want you to know. I'm speaking to you today and I want you to know something is about to happen in your life that's going to make a difference far beyond the moment, but it's going to last for all of eternity. And that is a secret to being a part of the greatest miracle ever is that we remember that's why we're still here. And it gets us past all of the distractions of the immediate. We think long term, which is really important because it will change the way you view your workplace. Totally change the way you view going to work. Instead of getting up another day, another dollar, another getting up and get through it so I can get out of it. Okay, living for the weekend. Oh, the weekend was too short. Well, here in a few months we're going to have vacation, living for a vacation. And then you go on vacation and you come back exhausted, you know, ready to be like, i got to get back to work and get some rest. You know, and you, you get back. And it's just this vicious cycle. If you don't see it for what it is, you're living not for the moment, but you're living using the moment for all of eternity, which means that I start viewing people at my work differently. Come on, because you know you got people at work just get on your nerves. Some of y'all are thinking of some specific people right now. As soon as I said that, it was like, does he know her? <laughs> Come on, the guy in the office got that obnoxious laugh, just gets under your skin. You know, you know it shouldn't, but it does. The whistler in the office, would you please quit whistling Andy Griffith every morning? Would you just stop? Would you quit? That neighbor of yours that gets on your nerves, they just bug you. Play their music too loud. Their dog drives you crazy. Their dog just barks, 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 all the driving you crazy. You know, don't mow the yard soon enough. Just clean up. Mow your yard. Get, get on my nerves. Mow your yard trash they don't pick up their own trash blew over in my yard you're getting on my nerves and what happens is we can get so caught up in the moment that we lose sight of eternity and now because i'm frustrated because i'm bothered because it's inconvenient because this is uncomfortable because it's not fun i get caught up in the moment i don't know about you but the longer i live the faster time goes can y'all believe it's already april like, am I the only one who's going, there's no way it's April. Like, there's no way it's East. Like, I mean, it goes faster and faster. You know why? Life on this earth is short. As a matter of fact, James says it this way in James chapter 4, verse 14. He says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while 
and then vanishes. You're here and then you're gone. We're supposed to use the right here and right now to make a difference for all of eternity. Life on this earth is so short. And Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, after life is over, here's what you can expect. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So life on this earth comes to an end as a follower of Jesus. When my life ends here on earth, I'll stand before God. And as a follower of Christ, I I, I don't get judged off of salvation. I've been saved, but I get judged off of my service to the Lord. And so I will be rewarded according to my service to God. But he'll say, come in and receive your reward. I'll spend forever in heaven as a follower of Jesus. Not because I'm so spiritual or so good, but because of God's grace and me receiving that by faith. But those who reject that will still stand before a holy God, but theirs will be a, a, a judgment of, of salvation or their rejection of it. And so because while on earth they said no thanks to his payment for their sin, they said no thanks to his free gift of grace, their wish will be granted for all of eternity as they will spend forever and ever and ever and ever separated from God, paying the price for their own sin. And so when it comes to understanding the greatest miracle ever and the part that we can play, we have to think beyond the moment and realize eternity is on the line. And we got to make the most of the moment because heaven is coming soon. Can you say amen to that? I believe that moving into the new facility is even just a picture of that. Here we are in the final service at this location and moving into a, a brand. It really is a picture of the promised land. Like what Scott was even talking about earlier, how God calls us into what he has for us. But, you know, through this process, there are probably been times you're like, will it ever get here? Oh, man, the construction process and, and all of the time. Oh, we can't wait. It just seems like it's forever away. And check it out. It is move-in week this week. Come on, you can get excited again about moving in. But I believe that is a beautiful picture of the promised land. I believe it's a beautiful picture of something that's long awaited and anticipated. And yet, you work today with tomorrow in mind. And so, the final thought that I give you, it brings us to this place of urgency. Number three, finally, is so we got to make the most of every opportunity because this really matters because it counts and sometimes it can just nameless or faceless people on the outside i wonder how many of you would say that you have a friend or a family member who does not know jesus come on watching online south campus everybody here raise your hand come on just raise it up you have a friend or family member who doesn't know jesus for jesus and this thief it was obviously extremely time sensitive had Jesus said oh I care about that let me think on it or when it's convenient or maybe later or that guy's like hey time is short can you rescue me and the truth is for your husband your wife your son your daughter your friend your co-worker who They're one heartbeat away from never having another opportunity to say yes to Jesus. That's why it's so urgent. And unfortunately, the reality is sometimes we can just get lulled into, it's just church. 
love my church and oh excited about our move but is there an urgency an urgency that's gripping your heart that goes this easter god use me i don't know how easily you get knocked off track i know if unfortunately for me it's just it's too easy for me to lose my urgency but i'm inspired by a story about a young lady whose name is marissa and marissa was a high schooler and God spoke to her heart to be a missionary. And she said, yes. She said, Lord, I'll go. I'll give my life to telling people about Jesus. And it was a short time after that, I believe, whenever she found out that her mom had cancer. She prayed for God to heal her mom. And um, long story short, God provided the ultimate healing by way of bringing her home. She lost her mom. She was obviously devastated and grieving, not understanding what God was up to, but nonetheless trying to cling to her relationship with the Lord. Her brother was so devastated by the circumstances and not knowing how to handle it or how to cope, he ran away from home. So now Marissa has lost her mom, and she doesn't know where her brother is, and her, her faith is being challenged. We had asked Marissa to come and speak to our youth ministry for our youth camp and just to share her story about being called of God to be a missionary two days before she came to speak at our camp she was driving down a busy interstate in Houston Texas and uh, heavily trafficked area as she's driving she said some smoke started coming through her vents in her car and so she called her dad on the on the phone and said dad there's smoke coming through my vents. And he said, well, we'll turn off the air conditioning. So she, she turned it off, and she said, the smoke's still coming, but it's, it's starting to fill up the car with smoke, like it's a lot of smoke. And he said, you need to get over to the side of the road. And she's like, there's so much traffic. And she realized, she said, Dad, I see the front of my car. It's on fire. She said, my car is on fire. And he said, You've got to get to the side of the road as quickly as you can. I can't imagine what it'd be like as a dad on the other side of that, that phone call. But she's trying to fight the traffic to get over, a car filling with smoke. She sees that it's on fire, all this traffic, only to realize now she can't stop or slow down to get over. Her brakes don't work. So she just pulls the steering wheel gets to the side of the road he's like you got to get out of the car it's not stopped car's still moving she opens the door and she bails and i got a picture of the car actually on fire here there's her car she gets out obviously some bumps scrapes and bruises here's another picture of just how the car was just destroyed by the fire um i think there's one more yeah there it is now something really interesting about this story is that when the first responders you know got the car all you know fire put out they came walking up to her and said you see your car is just destroyed this is the only thing that was left and it was not destroyed gave her her bible so crazy so crazy some of y'all right now are like i didn't know bibles didn't burn most do okay so just so you know just so you know paper tends to burn um, but for her I think it was a God moment and uh, when our youth pastor heard about it you know he called and checked on her and said so sorry and don't even worry about you know coming to Oklahoma City and, and doing the camp and she said are you kidding me she's like 
the devil is not going to rob me from doing what God has called me to do. I'm going to be there. I'm going to preach. And she did. And it was the most powerful service of the guest speakers and the youth, anybody who had come in. It was this young lady who just said, nothing's throwing me off mission. What would it take for you this week to say, nothing's going to stop me from being a part of the greatest miracle ever? I don't think you're going to have to jump from a moving vehicle in flames. You're probably not going to go to China or Africa this week at least. But would you take this and go, here. And watch God take something so simple and so natural and do something miraculous through it. So my challenge is right now, think of people that God is bringing to your heart right now. Just think of them. Maybe someone at your work or your school. Maybe someone at that coffee shop where you go pretty consistently. You've gotten to know them. They've gotten to know you. Think of that neighbor. Just think of who would it be. And pray, God, today, as you start your day, God, give me the right moment and the right opportunity to be a part of your miracle work here. And then watch for the opportunity. You prayed for it, now watch for it. Okay, this looks like it could be a moment where I can say, hey, I'd love to have you come with me. Brand new facility that we're moving into. We're just going to be the opening. It's like this Easter, you got, I got this ticket for you. You can sit with me. I'll meet you at such and such service. Would love for you to come. Just pray and invite them. And how cool will it be when this coming weekend you're sitting there in the new facility and you see your friend or your family member step out of darkness and into light knowing they'll spend forever in heaven instead of hell all because God used you to be a part of a miracle. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you today. The first group I just want to pray for would be those of you who would say, Scotty, I need to experience that in my own life. Maybe today if you were just gut level honest, you'd have to acknowledge that you're not right with God. Listen, it's not by chance that you're here today. This is not uh, just a coincidence that you're seated in this room or watching online. It's not by chance. God brought you to this moment because he wants to do something in your life. And here's what's crazy cool. You are one heartfelt prayer away from having your life so dramatically changed. It's like you're born all over again. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, how many mistakes you've made. Today can be the day that everything changes. If you would just say, God, I recognize that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. I recognize that I'm broken and I can't fix myself. God, I ask you to forgive me, to come into my heart and be the king of my life. Listen, if you will pray that, the Bible says that he will change you and make you white as snow doesn't matter how many times you've sinned, how many times you've missed the mark, how far you've gone today, 
it can all be cleansed because of God's mercy and his grace. If you say, Scotty, I feel like the Lord's knocking on the door of my heart today, and, and I need that. I need my sins forgiven. I want to go to heaven instead of hell. I want to commit or recommit my life to Christ. Whether you're watching online or you're here at one of our physical sites, just by an uplifted hand, you'd say, Scotty, include me in that final prayer. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. If that's you right now, would you just raise it up? Come on, all over the room at each of the different locations. You just raise it up. Awesome, 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 awesome. You can put it down after you raise it up. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. That's so cool. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Just before we pray, say, Scotty, I'm not right with God, but I want to be. I want to commit or recommit my life to Christ. Thank you. Come on, just raise it up before we pray. Anybody else? Awesome. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that as each of these individuals have their own prayer to you, their own request for your grace and your mercy, that you would hear them, and that you would answer them. And as they commit to following you, Lord, that you would pull them close and change them from the inside out. Be their God, be their King, be their Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can everybody stand to your feet? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come and just stand across the front. And here's what we're going to do for our climax of our time together today. Anytime truth is presented, you and I have an opportunity to accept it or to reject it. You tracking with me, Summit Park? Anytime truth is presented, you have an opportunity to accept it or to reject it. When you do accept it, your next thought has to be, now what? What do I do with that? I think for all of us, a practical next, next step is, I'm going to take several of these invite cards, and I'm going to go be a part of a God-inspired, God-driven miracle. But there may be some of you in here today, perhaps you just raised your hand a minute ago, or you should have to make Jesus Lord of your life. Here's your next step. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to step out from where you're standing right now and come forward and allow our prayer team to pray with you. We can answer any questions that you have. If you're not sure what's going on or what this decision means, we can get you a Bible if you need a Bible, help you on your next steps in your journey with Jesus. But I'm asking you to take a step. There are others of you, you're not necessarily needing the miracle of salvation. You're already a follower of Jesus, but you need a healing in your body. You need God to provide a miracle in your finances. Or you need a miracle in a relationship. You just need God to do what you can't do on your own. Then what we're doing, this is a Bible thing. This is what the Bible tells us to do. It's appropriate to say, I'm going to step out and allow this prayer leadership team to pray a prayer of faith over me. And we're believing that as the worship team begins to sing, miracles can happen right here and right now. Our God is a miracle-working God. Don't miss out on what He wants to do in your life. If you raise your hand for salvation, I want you to come forward. Or if you need another miracle in your body or in your life, you step forward. Worship team, lead us. You come step out from where you are right now and come forward and say, I need a miracle. Go ahead, step out from where you are. You say, I need God to touch my body. I need God to help me with my finances. I need God to touch my marriage. I need God to give me peace. I need God to give me joy. I'm saying yes to Jesus today, and I want to start a relationship with God. You step out from where you are. You can wait for just a moment. If there's no one available, someone will be with you in just a minute. The rest of us, come on, let's enter into worship right now. Can you do it? Let God's miracle hit your heart. <laughs> 